morning, let's turn to John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer. John 17. These things Jesus spoke, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that the Son may glorify you. And even you... Uh, even as you gave him authority over all mankind, that to whom all you have given him, he may, have, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on the earth, having accomplished the work which you have given to me, uh, given me to do. And now glorify uh, you and me together with yourself, Father, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I manifested your name to the men whom you gave us, who gave me out of the world. Uh, they are uh, uh, thine; they were, and thou gavest them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given to them, and they received them, and truly understood that I came forth from you, and believe that you uh, did send me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on behalf of the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. I am no more in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may uh, have my joy made full in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not ask you to keep them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And, and as you send me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they themselves may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask on behalf of those, these alone, but for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, they may also be in us, and the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that may be perfected in unity, that the world may know that you sent me, and, loved, uh, and, and did love them, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, in order they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you, uh, for you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have made your name known to them, and I will make it known that the love wherewith you uh, love me may be in them, and I in them. Amen. Uh, so John 17, remember it's the last few chapters, and they're kind of continue to going on, uh, uh, dealing with um, uh, you know the last discourse that Jesus is on. Now he gets to the public prayer, and so uh, he says in the first part, right? These things Jesus spoke, lifting up his eyes, which seem to be uh, the the common. Um, uh, posture of prayer uh, that Jesus would use 
most of us, we don't really have this kind of idea, but I think it relates to the intimacy uh, that, uh, that the father had with the son and the son had with the father. It looks up as if like he's there, you know? Um, uh, he's not just someone that's really far away or anything like that. And it seemed that, that this posture was quite common. You remember when he fed the 5,000, he looked up, uh, he asked of the father, the healing of the deaf man. Uh, same thing, right? The same posture. Um, this is the longest and most personal prayer of Jesus in the whole of the New Testament. And it really relays the intimacy um, that he had with the father. Uh, the dominant theme in the high priestly prayer uh, is basically glory and oneness. So keep that in mind, glory and oneness. And um, so as you know, the cross is waiting for him, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's on his way. Shortly after this, uh, uh, he'll basically be in the garden. Uh, this, this actually could have been prayed in the garden, who knows, before they kind of separate uh, out during this time. But the prayer focus is on glory. And he asked the Father to glorify him with the glory he had before the creation of the world. Uh, Proverbs 8.23 says, From everlasting I was uh, established from the beginning, from the earliest times of the earth. And, and again, this is a nod to his deity. Right? No one, you know, only deity can say, you know, be glorified in this way. And so... Um, you get a glimpse of this, not only the relationship that Jesus had with the Father, but the relationship that Jesus had with his disciples. And not just these 11, but also for us. And, and, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a little bit. And so, uh, I mean, think about it. The suffering of the cross uh, is uh, at hand. The separation of the Father is waiting for him. And what does Jesus spend most of his time praying about? Praying about the disciples. He's asking God to protect them. He's asking for unity among them, you know, for the 11 and also for, the, for those disciples that will follow. In verse 7, he says, Now they have come to know. And so um, this uh, may be kind of an indication. Remember yesterday, in 1631, Jesus answers him, do you now believe? And the way that, that my Bible is written is a question mark. Um, uh, some scholars believe it wasn't a question mark. It was a, st- a statement of encouragement. And we see actually from verse 7 that that's probably the right interpretation. Because he's commending them. It's like, oh, Lord, now they know. They know, right, that I was the one... Um, uh, know that everything you have given me is from you. So they're finally getting it. And so there's some progress that's happening there. Uh, and so he's asking to protect them. Now, he's not praying for the world, uh, the world being the cosmos uh, in Greek. And in John's writing particularly, and in most of the writing as well, is talking about the fallen world. So, That should give us a really good insight because remember John 3.16, for God so loved the world, the cosmos, the fallen world. This is, uh, I mentioned when we're going through John 3, I mentioned before, this is where some of the reformers get it wrong because they say that Jesus only died for the elect, right? That Jesus only died for those, you know, who would have been saved. But 
clearly, if you know, just taking John's gospel as a whole, uh, Jesus died for the world. He didn't just die for select people uh, in this way. And so he tells them, he says, uh, uh, Jesus, he's protected his disciples until now, and now he leaves them in the Father's loving protection. Um, Verse 12, uh, he says, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name. In other words, I protected all of them. It says, I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition. So Judas, obviously he's talking about Judas. He's the son of perdition. Uh, or, you know, maybe translated as the, he's the son of perishing. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it's basically play on words. And uh, Jesus is basically saying, none of them has perished except the son of perishing. Uh, these are the same words that will be used in 2 Thessalonians uh, when Paul refers to the Antichrist. He'll also be called the son of perdition in this way. Um, and so... You know, Jesus asked the 11, uh, this is from verse 14 and on, he asked the 11 to be set apart. Um, uh, they have the truth, and so obviously the world will hate them. Brothers and sisters, you have the truth, that's why the world hates you. It's, it's, it's a simple reality. Um, the, and that's why he's asking the Father to protect them. There's going to be incredible... Um, uh, opposition to this message, incredible opposition to what they want to do. And remember, uh, John is writing this in Ephesus. Uh, the Ephesian readers would be very encouraged to, to read um, uh, these things that, that Jesus is saying to them in the midst of heavy persecution that they're going through. Um, and then verse 20, Jesus, Jesus looks right at, into the future and then he prays for the future followers. That's us. I think when he's there, he saw it. And he says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. And so this high priestly prayer is not just a prayer that was, that was meant for these disciples. This high priestly prayer is meant for all of us. This is, this is Jesus peering in and seeing the throng of his disciples and then for him to really come to this place, and, and he's praying for us. Uh, and he's, uh, he's, he's asking, the primary prayer is unity. And he says, Lord, just as, Father, you and I are one, let them also be one. And, and the, the, the unity of the church, the unity of his believers, will play a, a huge part uh, in identifying the believers of Christ. And so um, then he closes this um, by referring to God in words that he's actually never used. In fact, in verse 11, he says, to the Holy Father. He's never used that kind of speech before. And then in 25, he says, oh, righteous Father. And so why is he saying this? Because he's modeling prayer. This is, this is the public prayer for the disciples, but he's modeling this kind of prayer, and he's talking about these attributes of, of who God is. He says, righteous Father, and, and look, what, look what he says. He says, I know you. I know you. And um, he makes this, this uh, affirmation. It'll be very striking because 
in a few hours later, we, we forget how quickly this, this happens, in a few hours later, remember he'll cry out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and you can see, you know, Jesus is like, he's getting ready for the cross. He's saying, Lord, I know you, and I know that you know me. And, and so, and then these words, by the way, uh, the words that he speaks, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's a direct quote from Psalm 22. Um, and if you read Psalm 22, Psalm 22, 23, and 24 are famously known as the shepherd trilogy. And it's, it's dealing with God as the shepherd uh, over Israel, over his people. And Psalm 22, even though it starts off like this, is actually a beautiful psalm that's a, a psalm of triumph. And so he is, he is, he is expressing his, I'll, I'll say it this way, he's expressing his physical anguish on the cross, but he's also declaring his spiritual victory. Just read Psalm 22. It, it's, it's, um, it's, a, it's a beautiful psalm that, that most Jews memorize. And then he finishes, and, and you know, I, I want to focus on this in our time of prayer. And he finishes, and he makes this really incredible statement. Uh, he says, So righteous Father, verse 25, Although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you send me. I have made my name, or your name, known to them, and will make it known that the love wherewith you love me may be in them and I in them. So he's saying, the love, Father God, that you have for the Son may be in them, may be in us, right? I in them. Jesus wants the love of the Father, right, for the Son to be inside of every one of us. Brothers and sisters, the only way that we can truly love Jesus is for the Father to place his love, not our love. Our love is insufficient. Our love is fickle. Right? Our love is temporary. Our love is circumstantial. And so what he's saying here, he's saying, Lord, Father, this is his prayer. He concludes this powerful prayer. Right? I mean, it's, it's called the high priestly prayer because he, he takes that place as our high priest who stands in the gap. You know, uh, think all the way back to the Old Testament, you know, the order of Melchizedek. And so he stands in that place, and this is his final words. He says, Father, the love that you have for the Son, tremendous love, he says, put it in them. So when we think about loving God or these things, the, the, the biblical idea is not really our love. Right? Our, our love is, is insufficient. We're, we're asking for the Father's love, the love in which the Father loves may dwell and be put inside of each one of us. And he's doing that. That's, it's called agape. It's, called, it's unconditional love. And he does this. Right? So don't rely on your ability to love. Don't rely on, on, on the, the power that you have to love someone. You know, human love just doesn't cut it. We're asking for divine love. We're asking for agape. The, and, and what a, I mean, what a powerful prayer. And remember, remember this. God answers all of Jesus' prayer. 
There's not one prayer in the Bible that Jesus has offered that God did not answer. In fact, he tells us to pray in his name. And if we do that, we pray in his name, he says, God will do it. And so this is this place. God has answered every prayer. Do you think God is answering this prayer? Yeah, he is. He is. Father, the love that you have for the Son, put it in them. Put it in every single one of us. All right, that's how we can love God. All right, that's how we can love the Son. So let's close our eyes. Again, not our love, but the pure love of the Father. And he says, that love... Put it in them. Put it in us. And so let's pray this morning. And let's just simply pray that prayer. Say, Lord, put it in us. The love that you have for the Son. Help me to love the Son in that same way. Put it in me, Lord. And as we sing this morning, can I invite you to pray that prayer. Just agree with Jesus' prayer. Father, the love that you have for the Son, give me that love so I can love the Son in that way too. Um, Let's pray. Thank you.
So here I am to worship. Here I am to burden. Here I am to say that you're my God. You've all to give and love me. All to give and love me. All to give and love me. Pray this morning, and let's pray for the Father's love, that perfect, pure love, to be put inside of us, so that we can love the Father. We can love the Son, just like the Father does. That's His prayer. God is answering that prayer. We just need to pray it. Well, let's pray it this morning. Let's pray over our community that are battling through cancer. Uh, let's pray for God's healing. Let's pray for our community that uh, looking for uh, illness, uh, praying for healing, but also needs to be with Jesus. Uh, pray for physical healing, the word of salvation.
Let's pray for our community that's dealing with uh, sickness, uh, non-cancer related. Let's pray for God's healing. pray for our community that's looking for work. Let's pray for open doors and God's provision. go to our mission focus and let's pray uh, for Cambodia, uh, let's pray for Oasis House with Pastor Jenny, pray for North Korea, pray for uh, ministry opportunities to open up there, pray for opportunities and partnerships throughout Asia and especially pray for the persecuted church and just the war going on uh, in Gaza and the Middle East let's just cover pray over our gatherings, our meetings uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, pray for our, our Sunday services. Pray for the well, SP Kids, the worship, the hospitality teams. Pray for the youth group, uh, the spin and spill services and activities. Uh, pray uh, we have EG uh, today afternoon and we have PMC uh, tonight. And so let's just ask God to just cover all of our meetings that the presence of God, uh, that whatever the purpose of each of the meetings will be established Uh, by the Lord and that as people would be touched and and loved and cared for uh, and grow in Christ. Uh, Let's pray. Let's pray for our house churches, Bowen, Mawan, Southside meeting today. Let's pray for our leaders and our house church members that they would really draw close to God and to each other. Go to our member focus. 
Uh, let's pray for Kevin uh, Lau. Let's pray for a friend to recover from his serious illness. Uh, let's lift up uh, Kevin's friend. Let's pray for Sharon. Uh, let's pray for her gastritis and an ongoing stomach pain that she's had since November. Uh, let's cover her. Let's pray for Amy Chai. Let's pray for the heart of submission and to know and enjoy Jesus. Uh, shalom and divine guidance for her and her family's salvation that, she would ex- that they would experience God's love. Uh, let's lift up Amy and her family. Father, we thank you, God, uh, Lord, the love that the Father has for the Son, Lord, put it in us, God, put it in each one of us, help us to love the Son like you do, Lord, help us in that way, empower us, God, to walk in your agape love, Lord, just help us today, God, to love others, Lord, in that same way, God, we thank you, we love you, God, watch over us today, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Uh, let's do as we've been doing. Please uh, uh, get into groups of two or three and, and just spend some time. Uh, let's pray for Addie and Isaac and Hazel and different things happening. And, and then please spend some time and pray for one another, right? Just lay hands and ask God to really bless. You can share some requests. Huh? God bless you.